All right, all right. Well, let me invite up here uh, Mr. Tyler Shirley. Now, uh, what I like about Mr. Tyler Shirley is uh, this man loves Jesus like crazy, and he'll do anything and everything for them kids upstairs. And he does anything and everything he can to learn more about the Lord. Uh, one of, are you the only graduate of the TBI program? Yes, I am. So we had the TBI program here at the church where we did uh, theology and, and different studies like that. The only graduate from that program. I um, He eats. This man has a stomach I've never seen before in my life. He will eat anything and everything. With no consequence. It's amazing. Um, uh, in the Philippines, they have this thing called balut. Pastor Travis, you remember this. It's called balut. How many have ever heard of balut? Okay, like one other person. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's a, a partially fertile, it's a fertilized duck embryo. And it's cooked. And when you bite inside of it, there is a duck inside. And you have to eat the whole thing because in the Philippines, they say it gives you energy. That's what they say, energy. Um, and this, this crazy man and me shared one. Um, it was terrible. But that just shows you that uh, you know, he does anything to fit in where he's at. And these people thought he was the, the coolest guy after that. And so I have a lot of heart and a lot of respect for Mr. Tyler Shirley. So, uh, Tyler, go ahead and uh, bring the word, brother. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, if you'd like to follow along with me in your Bibles, I will be preaching out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Um, just like you already said, I am Tyler Shirley. I've been here for a while. I serve up in Josh's ministry. Um, so if you're not in the ministry, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Josh. He needs some volunteers, so get plugged in. Um, I didn't think I'd like it at first, but now it's my favorite ministry that I've ever been in. Um, so if if you got a itch for it, just go for it and see how it ends up. It's been a real blessing to me. Um, but of course, before I get into what God gave me tonight, I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Um, so if you bow your heads with me, um, dear Father in heaven, just uh, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity this church has given me to come up here and just preach this message that you've put on me. Um, I just be with me as I go through it. Let me speak as I'm supposed to. Um, let me go as slow and not try to rush things um, and just let, let everybody here receive it um, in your precious name. Amen. So like I said, I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and that reads, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So the way I like to go about preaching, I like to just start by breaking down the verses as I go through. So my method for tonight, I'm going to break down this one verse for y'all. So the first thing I see is a therefore. So therefore tells me I have to back up into the previous verses. So if I back up into verse 16, it also starts out with wherefore. So then again, I have to back up to the previous verse, which is 15. And that verse starts off with and. So then that leads me again to the previous verse. So now I'm picking up in 14. Just to explain, therefore, in 16 or in 17. So, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which should live, not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, ye through we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So I read all that just to explain the one word therefore. So therefore, so I'm going to summarize what therefore is meaning right here. So Jesus' great love for us, this is what he's talking about. He died to save all, that we should no longer think about ourselves or the flesh that controls us, but Christ and his word. So based off of that is where we're going to start getting into the scripture. So all that was just the one word, therefore. So sometimes when you're going through scripture, you have to kind of go slow and break piece by piece down because I wouldn't know one word led me to four verses. 
So once I got that situated, so now we know where we're starting. So let's pick up, if any man be in Christ. So that's the next part of this verse. So right here, I see that we have two options. We can either be without Christ or be in Christ. So what do I mean by that? So let's go with the harder one for most, without Christ. That leads me to one of my favorite uh, verses, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and all fall short or come short of the glory of God. So just that one verse backs up everything about being without Christ because a lot of people believe that we're, we're already born and we're with Christ until we die. But that is not true because once you, are, once you have sinned, you are separated because God cannot be with sin anymore. So once that sin enters into your life, you're now separated from Christ. So in that option, I mean, I'm sure most of us have kids. So at, at a little age, you did not tell, teach them how to lie. It was natural instinct that made them tell that first lie. And you're kind of like shocked by that. But you, um, I don't think anybody intentionally taught their kids how to lie. That was just a natural part of, of our sin nature to for us to cover up our mistakes and cover up. So, and basically a sin is just summed up disobedience to God's law. So if any point in your life, if you disobeyed God's law, then you have sinned. And now because you have sinned, you fall short of the glory of God. So that's, that's a way of being without Christ. And after, after being in Josh's ministry for so long, I've learned to use a lot of examples. So my best example that I, I kind of figured out here is a buffet line. I know everybody likes to eat, so this could probably connect with a lot of people. So like a, a restaurant, it doesn't matter what restaurant you go to, it, as long as it has the buffet, that's pertaining to what I'm talking about. So a restaurant with a buffet, it does not matter what restaurant you go to just like it does not matter what church you go to or what church you attend just like the people you invite your family and friends to that buffet with you just like church you invite those families and friends to you it does not matter who you know it does not matter what your status level is with those people and it doesn't even matter what you put on your plate what what food you're about to get and what what knowledge you have in the church how much you know your Bible and you're studying that Bible and you're just constantly getting in that Bible. It's all for nothing if you don't partake. If I don't partake in eating the food, if I do not partake in being with Christ, it's all for nothing. You've done all that energy, burned all that work for nothing if you do not partake in what you're going after. If you do not partake in Christ, then there is nothing. You've wasted the whole time. So with that being said... I want to explain in Christ. So I was like, man, how do I explain in Christ? So I broke down the definition of in. A lot of people don't think that means a lot, but when I went and looked at the definition of in, enclosed, surrounded by, or state of being mixed. I was like, wow, that just really empowered that in Christ. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is Noah's example. Noah was surrounded in the ark. So if that ark is Christ, he was completely surrounded in Christ. And because he was in Christ, he was saved from the judgment of the world. And if we are in Christ, we also are saved from that same judgment. And then we get to go to heaven because we are in Christ. So just kind of think about that. Are you without Christ right now? Or are you in Christ? And for if you are in Christ, this next part really, really connects here. If you are not without, if you are without Christ, obviously see me after or see any of our pastors or somebody that can help you explain the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you do not understand that, please reach out to somebody before you leave. Um, but ne next in our verse is, he is a new creature. So as I was breaking that down, he is a new creature. Unfortunately, we don't get new bodies. I was like, dang, I was really wanting to be one of those real fit guys and, you know, real buff, you know. But unfortunately, God does not give that when he says a new creature. So I was like, okay, what's next then? Okay, how about a fresh start in life? A new foundation. It's almost like a makeover. I know I just lost all y'all guys. Y'all y'all like, this is terrible. I don't want a makeover. And all the women are calling, like, yes, a makeover. So, but I'm not talking about a physical makeover. What I'm talking about is an internal makeover, the one that happens internally. 
So you get a new mindset, a new passion. You get a new desire when you start to come in Christ. All these things form over time. It's just like a parent, a parent that's about to have a child. As soon as the months start ticking, your mindset's already changing on from what you usually do to what am I going to do? Your mindset changes. Your passion and your desires now change from what you thought was important to what that child is going to need as it grows up. And just like a, just like a child grows, the more you have Christ, it, he grows inside you as well. So the similarities are very, very same. You've got a child that grows, and you're just pouring out for that child. The more you get in the Bible, the more Christ grows in you to just give you that elevated level or that elevated relation. And of course, it doesn't all, all happen at once. We, we don't just, I'm a Christian, everything's good. It, it doesn't work that way. You have to study. You have to pray. You have to build up that relationship with Christ. Like I, I, I like to say, if you were in a relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever you're in a relationship with, if you only talk to that person one minute a day, how would it end? It ended very badly, and you'd have a very short relationship. How do we expect God to do the same thing? We have to have that communication going to and fro. So the next next thing I have is old things are passed away. So th- this is one one of my favorite parts that out of this verse. Old things have passed away. So a lot of us have a lot of history, a lot of baggage that comes with us. I know I do. I carry it and I carry it and I carry it. The problem with that is I shouldn't be carrying it anymore because what happens when I get in Christ, Christ sees me and he goes, hey, how about you leave that at my cross? I put all that baggage at at his feet. That way I can keep going without it. I don't have to keep thinking about all the things that I had or all the things I did. It it doesn't matter anymore. There's no reason anymore to carry that stuff with you. it gets rid of the purpose, I'm too bad. You don't know what I've done in my past. When you come to Christ, he gets rid of all of that at the foot of the cross. Man, but one thing that does stay, that I, I, it took me a minute to figure this out. You get that clean state, but you're left with scars. And at first I thought scars were a bad thing, you know, as I think about them. But the more I look at myself and all the scars I have in life, I can go, man, I remember when I got this. This is what I was doing here. So Christ leaves us with scars. That way we know where we were. We know what God took us from and put us into a new road. That way we're not just left over there going, what happens there? Well, I remember, man. I, was, I did this, but God saved me. I did this, but God saved me. And I can look at my body and see the scars and what happened and where God took me. So that's the reason why we, we have those scars, but we still get that clean slate that we get to move on. So in the last part of this, it says, behold, all things are become new. So, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory for me anyways. Um, we all have a new purpose in life as soon as we follow Christ. There's a new purpose, and that purpose is now everything's for God. Everything's for His glory. That's what we strive for in everything that we do. So I'm going to end with this question. Are you living for God? Is His glory your purpose in life? Or are you still seeking after your own glory, after your own things in life? Or are you striving for God's, God's glory in this? Good job, Tyler. You're speaking my language when you talk about them buffets, man. I was, I was zoned in. Uh, that's a good analogy. I, I really appreciate that. And what I like now is that Tyler now has to go upstairs and teach children. Uh, that's that's commitment right there. That's 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 saying he's balled in. Um, all right, we're going to invite invite Mr. Zach Tucker up here. Now, yeah, would y'all give it for Mr. Zach Tucker? Um, now I love this boy right here. Uh, he, he, he's, he's one of my favorites. Uh, he, he's, uh, man, when I knew Zach, uh, back when he was in high school, uh, he's, he's just different. All right. That's no other way to put it. He's just different. And I try and throw shade at Zach, but he's a, he's just a, he beats to a, his own drum and that's good. 
It's good. I, I remember one day I went to a football game and, and Zach was over there. Uh, I don't know whether that's the welding class or what is that building over there? What is that? FFA. Is that thing on? I don't know if I got you on. Is he on? No? All right. Pull it out. Let's see. Uh, but the FFA building, I saw him over there with a barbecue grill. Yeah, got you on. And uh, he's cooking. I said, man, it smells good. What you got? And he opened it up. He said, snake. <laughs> I said, all right. Well, you can. I'll pass. Uh, now, Zach has signed up to be a part of, uh, of DMD. How many of y'all have heard about DMD and preacher talking about that and everything? So uh, Zach's part of my group on Tuesday nights we meet. And uh, this boy right here has put me to shame. I'll be honest. Uh, he talks about Jesus, loves the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, I think one of the guys you led to the Lord is here tonight, isn't he? Where's he at? His wife. Wave his hand. All right, you got two of them right here. Two of both of them. Yeah, there's, there's Robert. There's Jelly Bean, right? Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean. <laughs> uh, he got to baptize both of them. And, and, and so I, I just wonder how many of you have led your two best friends to the Lord and got to baptize them. Uh, that, that's saying something. And, and he just has a, a love for Jesus. Now, uh, he showed me his hand. He got here and he went, I said, hey, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So y'all, just as encouraging as you were before, I want you to do it again. And y'all show some love to Mr. Zach Tucker. Well, as uh, Andrew was saying, my name's Zach. I'm 19 years old. And as I stand up here and see myself on the stage, I never thought I'd be preaching on a stage like this. At a church like this, I figured it'd take 20, 30 years especially to see myself in the background. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Brother Andrew called me Friday, and uh, I just got off work, and he's like, hey, Zach, I got a question. I said, okay, I got an answer. He's like, would you like to preach Wednesday at Temple? And my exact words were, uh, 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 uh. I said, I ain't going to say no, but, uh, uh, and I just hung up the phone. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And my fiance got in the truck with me, and she's like freaking out. Sag, this is so good. Big opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, big. <laughs> I never thought I would see myself doing this a year ago. Me and my buddy Robert, the one that I was there leading to the Lord, we were talking the other day, and we just got to, got to talking. Never thought we'd see each other doing what we're doing. He just got married. I'm about to get married. I'm preaching, serving the Lord in any way I can. And I never thought I would have been here. Tonight, I've been praying. I was praying for a message. And the Lord's like, all I want you to do is just tell everyone what I've done for you. I grew up in a, a Christian home. My dad's a preacher. And I've always been in church. I never missed a Sunday. And if I did, I got a butt whooping for it. <laughs> he always told me, son, God's going to do something big in your life. And I was just like, there ain't no way God can do something big in my life. Well, when I was about the age of 13... You know, any 13-year-old's just crazy and just running everywhere. Well, I was praying one night, and I was like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to be. Will you just tell me? Well, he didn't tell me. Well, I got scared to death. I started having all these thoughts in my head. Just, am I supposed to be here? Why am I here? Why aren't you telling me what I'm supposed to be? I was confused. And I was pretty much, I was lost. I didn't know. Well, I turned 14 years old, and uh, I went to TSM. And one night, I can't remember what the message was on, but the Lord was tugging at my heart, telling me I need to go down there and get saved. Well, I didn't know at the time what it meant to get saved. But after that night was over, I knew what it meant to get saved. I felt the Lord go into me, and I felt Him just like, just oh, I can't tell you the feeling that I got after that. But the weird thoughts, they continued to stay around. So I prayed the prayer again, Lord, what do you want me to be when I grow up? He said, Zach, I want you to be a preacher. And I said, oh, heck no. <laughs> heck no, I am not being no preacher. 
I'm not getting up in front of people. No, you can just forget that. Especially with me being redneck as I am and can't understand big words and can't pronounce things. How in the world am I going to be able to share your word and make it understandable for people? Anyways, got saved and everything's going good. I turned 15 and I was fat back then. I was really thick and chunky. <laughs> well, anyways, everyone made fun of me at school, and I would always get depressed, and I'd just come home and I'd nap. The whole entire afternoon, I'd take medicine where I would sleep the rest of the night. I never felt so low in my life until that moment. I never felt like that bad. Like everyone, I thought everyone was the enemy. I thought everyone hated me. There's no hope. There's no reason for me to be around anymore. And I'm not going to get in detail. But no one was home one day. And the devil was on my back constantly saying, you don't need to be here no more. And I tried to shoot myself. But the Lord had a plan. He let that gun be empty that day. But any other day it had been loaded. And I praise God every day and thank Him for that. That He has a plan. And I'm living out that plan. Well, I'm going to read Psalms 143. Just two little verses. For the enemy has preceded persecuted my soul he had smitted my life down to the ground he hath made me dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead therefore my spirit overwhelmed within me and my heart within me is desolate in those two verses that's what I felt I felt at the lowest point I felt how can someone help me and I wasn't going to talk to my parents I wasn't going to talk to no one about it because I thought they'd be ashamed of me doing that Well, the only person I knew to call on is God. And that's the only person you can call on during that time. Because the devil is just constantly going to be at you and constantly going to grind at your gears when you're doing right for the Lord. He sees you as a target because you are going against him. You are doing everything you can for God and he's going to do everything he can to ruin you. Well, he thought he had me that day. He thought he had me, but little did he know he didn't. Mm. Give the glory to God, not to me. Well, about through 16, through when I was 16 and 17, I would constantly pray, Lord, what would you want me to be? Did it change? Well, it didn't change. Zach, you're going to be a preacher. No, I'm not. So I fell into drinking, and I fell into drugs, and I fell into tobacco and smoking and everything. I was trying everything I could do to get that thought out of my head. Even we would, I'd go to a party and be drinking, and for some reason I'd just throw up everywhere. And Lord tell me, you don't need to do that. i got a plan for you. And I just kept on going. I kept running and kept running and kept running. And it's almost been a year, July 6th of 2020. I came home from a long night of frog gigging. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do around here. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to be? And I was like, wait, I know what you want me to be. I just got to quit running. I got to quit living the ways of the devil. And I, was just, I just gave it up. I said, Lord, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of doing this and doing that and hanging with the wrong crowd. I need to put my life back on the road. So that night, I surrendered to call to preach at about 11 o'clock at night on July 6th. And I can't explain the feeling that I had rushed through my body when I said I surrender. I mean, it just felt like I was floating. I can't even explain it. I'm talking about it felt so good. I called all my friends. Everybody told them. I mean, it was insane. Well, I'm on fire for Jesus. 
for about ten, uh, eight or ten months. I'm mean, on fire. Oh yeah, I'm a preacher. I'm gonna get to preach everywhere. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. So I go preaching everywhere, on fire for God, like I said. In the past three months, it hasn't been good. I haven't preached in nowhere. And I thought, just because I haven't preached nowhere, that God don't want to use me no more. So I start falling back into the old ways. I start dipping, start smoking, just thinking things I don't need to be thinking. And I had opportunities to preach, and I hate to say this, but I am going to be honest. I was telling people, no, I can't do it. And then that gave me another reason to believe God don't want me to use me because I done said no to him. Why would I want to pray for opportunities when I have and I've said no? So how's he going to use me through my pain? Well, the past two weeks, I have been trying to quit nicotine, trying to quit dipping. I've done it for a long time now. Past three days have been terrible, but I haven't had a dip, so it's been going good. But, anyways, like I was saying, those three months were crazy. I've been praying more. I have been trying to get the fire back because the fire's gone out. I'm trying to get that fire going again. And the Lord told me, He's like, Zach, the only way I'm going to give you the fire back is if you want it. And I was like, well, it's my decision now. Do I want it or do I not? And so I got to looking back and seeing what God has done brought me through. All the storms, all the valleys. Why would I not want my fire back? Because without the fire, I'm going to be in many valleys and I ain't going to be climbing that mountain. So I made the choice, hey, I want my fire back. So I've just been praying constantly for opportunities and then I preached last Wednesday. My dad let me preach out of the foundry farm. And I was nervous because it felt like my first rodeo again. And then I just kept praying. And then I, my boss called me. He's like, hey, I need you to come preach at my church Sunday afternoon. And I was like, okay, this is starting to feel good again. And then Andrew called me. <laughs> Wherever you are, you called me. You want me to come preach here? And inside... inside I was like, oh, heck no. Heck no. How am I going to get up in front of everyone here and tell my testimony or whatever God's laid on my heart? But if the Lord didn't think I could do it, He wouldn't send me up here. He'll send you places for a reason because He knows that you can do it. He knows that you can walk them steps. All you got to do is trust in Him and everything will be all right. So I guess what I'm trying to say tonight is just because you've messed up in your life, just because you've failed, God can still use you. Because He's using me with everything I've done. So I just want to thank y'all tonight for having me. Brother Andrew. That's awesome, brother. He reminds me of a uh, of a man in the Bible named Jonah. I don't know if you ever read about Jonah, but he was a guy that got called to preach, and uh, he said, "I ain't doing it." And so, what did he do? He said, uh, "If you read it, every step he made away from God's plan was further down." It says he went down to Tarsus, then he went down into the boat, and eventually he went down into the water, and then he went down into the belly. And if you map it out, Tarsus, he, God was calling him to go to Nineveh. If you map it out, Tarsus is actually further away from where he was than Nineveh. So in other words, what I get from that is uh, the path of dis- disobedience will always take you further than the path of obedience. And so, uh, man, Zach, proud of you. Proud of you surrendering, man, and chasing after the Lord. Uh, well, next guy I have up here, Mr. Brett Smith. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Now, Brett is, uh, he, he's one of my TSM guys too, and I, I love that. It was about five years ago or so, give or take, uh, four years ago. 
Uh, it was Mission Blitz. I remember that. Sometime then, uh, you said, Lord, felt like the Lord was calling you into ministry. Yes. And uh, I want to tell you right now, that's, uh, that call, when God calls you into ministry, it's scary. It's very scary. Um, and, and here's the thing. If you're doing what's easy to do, you're probably not doing what you're called to do. Uh, and so uh, there's, there's a lesson to be learned in that. When you're stepping in the Lord's calling, it's never, it's never comfortable. It's never easy. Uh, it it, it, it kind of gets scary sometimes on it. But, uh, man, y'all have, been, y'all have been great so far. I, I appreciate y'all smiling all right, and looking happy. All right? And so let's continue it on. Mr. Brett, you got it from here. All right. Oh, me. Uh, that's all I really know how to say right now. Uh, man, I could sit over there with my dad on Sunday mornings and, and I could just, I'd say to myself, man, I can only imagine being in pa- pa- uh, Pastor Malcolm's position up here in front of everyone. Just, I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine doing it. And you know, then like Zach said, I got that call from Pastor Andrew one day, not too long ago actually, and he said, you want to come preach on Wednesday? And uh, I really didn't know what to say, so I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll be there. And then he, uh, he, he said something else. It probably was a question that didn't need the answer. Absolutely, I'll be there. But that's, that's all I knew how to say because I knew that I didn't want to say no. I knew that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get up here in front of everyone and talk about the Lord and share with you all what the Lord has on my heart. But as Pastor Andrew said, my name is Brett Smith. Um, and some of you may be wondering, is that the guy who takes our groceries out at Walmart? That's me. <laughs> there, is, there is no telling how many people I've had come up to me on, uh, on a Sunday morning and say, are you, take, are you the one who's taking my groceries out? And I said, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, I am. Uh, and they'd say, well, it's so hard to tell with your mask on. <laughs> so, but... Uh, I'm just here to tell you on this afternoon that God can bring you through the valley that you feel like you're in right now. All of us have been through some valleys. I've been through too many to count. And uh, uh, the passage I want to speak out of tonight is Psalms 23. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just want to talk about verse number four. Probably the majority of us in here know what it says. And that word through, that's that's the word that I want to focus on this afternoon while I'm up here shaking and everything. Uh, That word through, it means to go from one side to the other. And I was going over this a couple times before I I started driving out here. And, you know, that word is to go to one side uh, to the other. It already inserts that we have been through the valley. It already inserts that we're going to make it to the other side. And before I get too ahead of, too ahead of myself and end up preaching this message in about five minutes, um, <laughs> I want to talk about the first key word, and that's though. Now the word though means to grant, to admit, or to allow. And I want you to get out of that is you have to allow God to do what He has for your life. 
you have to you have to spend that time with the Lord, even when you feel at the lowest of the low, even when you feel that God is nowhere near, even when you feel like, man, I am way too far for God to save me. God can do anything. Most of you, some of you may know where Addison High School is, but going through there is, as a high schooler, man, I did some rough things, and uh, and God brought me through that. I've, I tell lots of people that if they would have told me what I was doing for the Lord these days, man, I'd have told them that's a real funny joke. Because back when I first started high school, I would have never, never seen me, myself, in this position, doing this kind of work for the Lord. And it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8, After hearing the voice of the Lord, tell him, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Isaiah does not hesitate. He says, here, I, here am I, send me. And some of you, some of us, I'm not going to leave myself out. Some of us, we just need to take that step of faith. Just trust in the Lord that He has a plan for your life. Because He does. The Lord has a great plan that we can never wrap our minds around for us. The Lord can do great things with your life. That step of faith, it could be like mine tonight, getting up here in front of everyone, or it could be as simple as when you're driving down the road and you see someone working on their car, and it could be simple fixing their car, but then you can step out in the faith and talk to them about the Lord. You can talk with them about God, or you could just simply say, hey, you should come to my church on Sunday. And you know that could change their life forever. Because they could come to church on Sunday and the Lord could speak to them. The Lord could speak great things to them. And then they could get into the church. They could start trusting and learning even more about the Lord. And then they can get saved. They could finally find the Lord And that is one more person added to the kingdom of heaven. And you know, it all started with with your step of faith of getting out and fixing, helping them fix their engine or fix their truck or whatever it could be. Though it may be a rough ride, though it may seem, you may see things you've never seen, Though you may experience things you've never experienced, though you may feel lost, God will give you the peace and the strength to make it through. Now, we look back into verse 4 at the word through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say we're going to get into the valley and stop. It says we're going to go through. And like I said, that word through means to go from one side to the other. You can. You can make it. Let me, I'm here to tell you tonight that you can make it through. Keep fighting. Keep pressing on. Keep listening to the Lord and what He has to say. Because with the Lord, all things are possible. As it says in 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto art also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. So keep fighting. God will bring you through this valley. If you feel like you've been in this valley for, or you're just getting into it, or whether you feel that you've been in this valley for too, too long, God can bring you through it. Shift your focus onto the Lord. Shift your time. I had to do this recently. 
shift your time into the Word of God. You would, you'd be surprised if you, if you would just take 30 minutes, maybe not even that much, maybe 5-10 minutes out of your time that you spend on your phone or spend on Facebook and spend it in the Word. God can show you amazing things. Amazing things. Let's look at the, at the latter half of Psalms 23, verse 4. It says, For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's just going to feel like Satan is beating you up with all, this, all the baggage and everything. But you do not have to focus on that. Keep your focus on the Lord. Keep going. And the Lord will be there to comfort you. Sometimes it's going to seem real hard, especially when Satan brings back those memories from the past of what you've done and and what you did. And he just tries to blind you with it. Tries to say, well... There's no way I could get up there. There's no way I can talk to anybody about the Lord. There's no way. Because, you know, I did I had that addiction in the past or I was drinking when I was when I was back then, but your past is behind you. As Tyler said earlier, we are a new creation. The past does not define who we are anymore. We are a new creation. And I just want to end with this. I want to say this. God will get you through the valley that you feel like you're in. Even though you feel trapped, God will bring you through and God will comfort you on your way out. Thank you. I appreciate Brett, man. That's uh, he's part of my DMD group on Tuesdays as well. It's it's awesome to see these young men just passionate for the Lord. So bringing up the rear, I couldn't find anybody else that would be a better rear than Stephen Payne. Come on, <laughs> now Stephen. To know Stephen is to love Stephen. Uh, man, he's got a great family. Uh, I, I love everything. I love Miss Sabrina. I love his daughter, Summer. Uh, they are just good, good people. Uh, Stephen actually is over our uh, life recovery ministry on Friday nights. And uh, I mean, you got fans. Yeah, you got fans. That's good. Uh, but he does a great job there. And I, I just want to be honest. Um, that that's a job with with uh, life recovery. That's that's one of those things that you just don't stop and start on Friday, does it? Uh, it it's something you have to be passionate about. You have to love some people. Uh, we have people we call EGRs. You know what that means, don't you? Extra grace required. Uh, and uh, they're not just in life recovery. They in this room right here too. Uh, but no, there's people that you just you just love them, and, and it takes special people to love people like that, uh, like that that just extra grace required. And uh, man, there's some times where God has uh, blessed you and used you in ways that people cannot even imagine. And so, Stephen, I'm I'm thankful to call you my friend. I'm thankful you have this opportunity right now to get up here on this stage in front of these people. Uh, I'm thankful that uh, that we are here together to listen to what you have to give. So y'all, would y'all give it up for Mr. Stephen Payne? Uh, I'm right there with you, Brother Zach, on uh, the hands and, and the call. I, he said... Uh, you want to preach on Wednesday night? And I said, absolutely. And then right as I got off the phone, I was like, what in the world have I done? <laughs> so, so uh, but praise God, this is, a, this is a, a, a blessing. It is an honor to stand here this morning, or this evening. I can't even remember what time it is. But uh, <laughs> We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
Uh, and I promise we did not get together and decide what our messages were going to be tonight. Um, but uh, I think the Lord had a plan. So, uh, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse number 1. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also we ha- ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of the above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part <clears throat> remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here tonight. Father, I thank you for your word and and, uh, the opportunity to come and preach it. I thank you for these young men that came up here and preached before me, Lord, and the the desire you've put in our hearts to to learn and and, and to tell other people about your word. Father, I pray that you would use me tonight. Help me. uh, Help me not to be so nervous, Father. Just speak through me. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... uh, uh, I love this this scripture, and it really kind of caught my attention as I was reading through it the other day. And and uh, so when this opportunity came, it was kind of what stuck out to me. And uh, before I left my house, I went through about five different messages, and I had three laid out on my desk. And and I was just just back and forth about Lord, what do you want me to do, and what do you want me to preach? And I had one out of First Peter, and I had this one, and I thought, well. Right at the last minute, I chose this message and brought it with me. And I got here, and I thought, no, I'm going to go back to that first Peter message. And I opened my Bible, and I had left it at home. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, and I think it was for good reason. I think it was, uh, Brother Andrew told me one time it was the Holy Spirit censorship. <laughs> so maybe that's what this is. Um, but I love this verse. And Paul here, he's trying to, um, he's basically defending the resurrection. See, the, the people at, at, at Corinth were... Uh, Greeks and they did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Um, and so he's kind of defending that. And he uses several things here to prove that the resurrection is real. Um, he starts off with eyewitness accounts. And if you look through um, verses one, uh, 1 through 4 there, he's basically telling, he's, he's, he's giving us the gospel. He said, I declare unto you the gospel. Um, and he uses uh, eyewitness accounts of how the gospel is seen of above 500, seen of all the apostles. And the, but my favorite part of what he does here, and it's what I believe has happened here tonight, is after that he was seen of, um, last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. But Paul's saying it took a little while for me. It took a minute for me to get there, but I got there. Um, and so I'm not, he, Andrew keeps introducing us as young folks, and I appreciate that. That makes me feel better. But I'm not quite as young as the rest of these guys. It took a little while for me to get here. But I am what I am today by the grace of God. Um, God has done something in me that I never believed would be possible. Um, He says, I'm the least of these apostles, that I'm not meet. The word meet means worthy. I'm not worthy to even be called an apostle. I'm not worthy to stand here tonight. Uh, I'm not worthy to be here. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Uh, Paul said he persecuted the church of God and he said he, that he, uh, you know, he, he killed Christians or brought Christians to be killed just because they were Christians and for no other reason. They'd done nothing wrong to him. They'd done nothing. He just, they were just Christians and, and, uh, and he didn't like that. So he persecuted the church. And what's crazy about that is Paul uses himself and his salvation and what Christ did in his life to prove that the gospel is true. <clears throat> and I believe you did the same thing tonight. Uh, I believe that God uses me to do the same thing. And I was so nervous about coming up here and telling any part of my story until you got up here. So I appreciate you. <laughs> As you, when you started telling your story, I was like, man, I thank you. <laughs> I was kind of worried about being the last one to come up here and thinking. But, uh, but it, it, it kind of worked out pretty good. But, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace 
which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me. Uh, so Paul was delivering the gospel. If the resurrection were not true, it would disprove everything we believe. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. It's what saves us. We can stand on the gospel. We can stand on the word of God. We can believe the gospel. We're saved by the gospel. So if our lives prove that the gospel is true, then God has done something in our lives. And He's done it for His own glory. As Tyler said, what are we looking for? Are we looking for the glory of God or are we looking for the glory of man? Um, So I was real nervous about coming up here. uh, So I got to thinking about it. God will never call you to something that He will not equip you for. Uh, if he's called you to it, he'll equip you for it. Um, he, will, he will show you how to, to do what it is that you've done. And I, I sat back there, man, I wanted to climb under that chair when you come to bring me that, that microphone a while ago. But as I come up here and I start and I read and I pray to God to help me, he does. Um, you see, we started coming to this church about five years ago. Um, and when I first got here, I was as nervous to walk through those doors as I am to stand on this stage tonight. Um, I didn't think that I got saved when I was 19 years old, and I kind of went back on that. I thought God was going to zap me on the head with a magic wand and sprinkle a little wiffle dust on me, and all of a sudden I was going to be different. And I was different. I was just really convicted of my sin. (laughs) But I thought it was going to make me not ever want to sin again. I was never going to want to be like that again. And uh, that's just not the way it worked for me. And and so as I went on and, and those thoughts came back and, and the sin came again, I thought I was too far gone to be saved and I thought salvation didn't work for me. And I can tell you from, right, from, a, from my experience, from years of my experience, that that's a terrible place to be. To think that, this, that salvation could not work for you, that God couldn't use you. Uh, so I started drinking and using drugs at a very early age, about 13 years old. And uh, <clears throat> it's all I ever knew, my, my family... Uh, both sides of my family uh, drank, used drugs, never heard anything about Jesus, never went to church, didn't know anything about God. Um, finally got myself cleaned up a little bit just long enough to get my head clear and I uh, went to a Wednesday night service one night and heard, I don't remember what the preacher was preaching. All I know is when I left out of there, I couldn't stop crying. I called my mama and I said, Mama, something's wrong. I can't quit crying. She said, well, boy, the Lord's dealing with you. Call your preacher. <laughs> mama was a real spiritual woman. <laughs> and so I did. I called my preacher. And, and, uh, and I sat there with one of them old corded telephones. Some of y'all probably don't even know what I'm talking about. A rotary type telephone. I sat there on my brother's couch and just cried. And, and somebody took the Romans road and showed me how to be saved. So you think about Paul in this situation. He says, I'm the least of these. But he ended up going, God used him to write the majority of the New Testament. I believe probably, I wouldn't be scared to say, and I don't have any proof of this, but I wouldn't be scared to say that more people have been led to the Lord by the writings of Paul than probably any other. Uh, Paul was used by God. He is what he is by the grace of God. We are what we are today by the grace of God. Um, <clears throat> So I knew there was a God, but I didn't know anything about him. By the time I was 17 years old, um, I had, well, let's put it this way, I had graduated in my drug addiction. <laughs> we'll put it like that. Drugs and alcohol took me to a place I never thought I'd ever go. And it took me, you know, like the preacher says, it keeps you there longer than you thought you'd ever stay. Um, I got married at the age of 25. Like I said, I got saved when I was 19. I ended up getting married at the age of 25, and I thought she was going to fix me. <laughs> I thought, sure as the world, uh, I'll grow up and be a man. My wife will fix me, and everything's going to be all right. And uh, it didn't work that way. And when it didn't, I got mad at her. We had our daughter, uh, and I thought that would fix me. I thought I'd grow up and be a man. When I, my daughter came into this world, and I held her in my arms, I felt love for the first time, real love for the first time. And I held my daughter in my arms, and you'd think that would make a man get clean and sober, but it didn't. <clears throat> it didn't work that way for me. Uh, it just made me feel worse about what I was doing. Long story short, I ended up homeless, in and out of drug houses, living, sleeping on couches, where I find a place. And then one night, uh, six angels came and broke into the house, dressed a whole lot like Coleman County police officers. Uh, <laughs> they, were, uh, <clears throat> they were not very nice angels. They were throwing things around and cussing folks. And, and, uh, and they put me in the floor and uh, it wouldn't let me get up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you might not think there's angels, but it turned out that God used them. Uh, and because uh, I laid the floor of that place that night with that police officer's foot in my back and his rifle in the back of my head, and I cried out to God for the first time in my life, as honest as a man could be. And I said, God, please help me. 
<laughs> and he did. He did. He came to me where I was. In the middle of my sin and where I was at, he came to me right there. And all I had to do was cry out to God. See, I, say, I saw a thing on Facebook, and I'm not real big on Facebook memes, but this one was pretty good. It said, no matter how far away from God you've gone, the return trip's only one step. <clears throat> uh, all you got to do is turn around and come back to God, and he's still going to be standing there with his arms open waiting on you to get there. And that's what happened to me. Um, so I, I went through the process of getting clean and sober, and it's a, it's a long story, and I'll tell you about it later if you want to hear it, but, um, but I just wanted to be clean and sober. I wanted to stop going to jail. I wanted to quit getting high, <clears throat> and I wanted folks to, 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 I wanted to be a, a daddy again. I wanted to be a father again. And uh, I never dreamed in a million years that God would call me to preach. I never dreamed in a million years that my wife, we ended up getting divorced because a good woman ain't going to stay with a man like me. <clears throat> we ended up getting divorced, and we were divorced for 14 years. Uh, two years ago, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But <laughs> three years ago, uh, me and my wife were, God gave me my wife back. <clears throat> God. God has allowed me to be a father again. Um, he's allowed me to uh, come and be a part of a church that I was scared to death to walk through the doors of. See, the devil told me I wasn't welcome here. <clears throat> the devil told me I couldn't come into this place and then folks are not going to receive you and they're not going to... They're, they're not going to want you to be there. So as I stand up here tonight and preach the Word of God to you, I want to tell you that God is real. <laughs> the Gospel is real. The Word of God is real. <clears throat> and I am what I am today by the grace of God. <clears throat> so... I believe that the Lord, I believe the Lord put all this together. <laughs> because if you stop and you look at the way these verses came from a new creature <clears throat> to your story, to your verses, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, there's a guys, I guarantee you, he brought me from one side all the way through it to the other. And I needed to see every step of it. And I needed to know that when I got here, that it was God that brought me out of it. There's no doubt in my mind. You can look back and you can tell that there's nothing that would have changed me to where I am today but God. Um, so I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what your story is or where you come from, um, how long you've been saved, or even if you are saved. I don't know. Uh, but I do know this. If, if God has saved you, then you've got a story that needs to be told. Somebody needs to hear it. Uh, it'll help somebody along the way. And God will use your story to prove that the gospel is true, to prove that the resurrection is real. Because uh, Paul says right here in verse 17, he said, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, are you yet in your sins? So if we don't believe that the gospel is real, we are stuck in our sins. And I want to tell you something, that's a terrible place to be. Uh, so I thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. I thank you for allowing me to tell my story. Uh, Man, I had uh, some sermon notes just in case I needed to fill in some time, but I don't think there's anything I can add to that. Um, I think that's point simple. God is good, isn't he? God is good. I like what he said. He says, you have a story to tell. Now, my wife, my wife and I, we talk about our stories often. And, and you know, my, my story is a little bit more colored than her story. Uh, she grew up a pastor's kid and, and had a very loving Christian home. Her parents stayed together. They loved each other and did Bible studies every night. Uh, my story is not like that. I didn't have the two loving parents that stayed together, and I didn't have Bible studies at night, and I had a little bit more of a, uh, an adventure in my teenage years than she did. And I remember her saying things like, you know, I always feel like I don't have a testimony. Yours seems so much more powerful than mine. You know, I, you hear a testimony like that, and you might think, I mean, I don't have a story like that. How can I? And God revealed something to me and her both. See, my, my story is about what God has saved me from, while her story is about what God has kept her from. And so no matter what side of the tracks you find yourself on, you still have a story to tell. Uh, and, and that's a powerful story, so that is not just meant for you. There's a cancer of the soul called sin, and you have the cure, and you have been commissioned to take the cure to the world. And so, church, uh, what you heard today was nothing nothing but, uh, he, 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 I think, uh, Stephen, you said it. Uh, in a nutshell, This I hope you understand this. Uh, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. 
And so everybody in this room, whether you believe it or not, you have been called to something greater than yourself. And you may not feel qualified, but that's okay because he'll qualify you. Um, I hope you feel encouraged tonight. Y'all feel encouraged? Man, give it up for these young preachers. 